Well, welcome back to another episode of Conversations and Connections, the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And with me, some uh, names you're probably kind of getting, starting to get used to knowing. I have Tiffany with us and Will is with us. We're all part of the prevention team. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Because, you know, Will, some people may be listening to this at midnight. No, it's bright and early for us right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and poor Tiffany. She's getting... She's recovering from hitting a deer last night. Yes, I have the worst luck with deer. Oh, man. But um, I'm glad you're okay. The, the car may not be that great, but I'm glad you're, you're, you're with us today. Thank so, you. so you're okay. So um, the last time we were together, we were talking about uh, some Christmas songs. We were talking about Baby It's Cold Outside, and then we were talking about um, uh, Santa Baby. So today what I thought we would do, we'd take a, a look at uh, some Christmas-themed uh, TV shows and movies. Uh, and I have two particular in mind. Uh, one thing we're going to be looking at is a, is a clip from The Office. And another from the movie Four Christmases, which uh, I will give Tiffany credit for <laughs> tuning me into Four Christmases. And, th- and that's an old movie. I say it an old movie it's when was it made i forget now i mean it's not a, it's not a recent movie no, it's not recent. 2008 2008 well for some people that's a long time ago for some of us not so much maybe not so much <laughs> so we're going to take a look at a couple uh, a clip from the office and a clip from four christmases and just kind of discuss the themes and the attitudes uh from these clips and this is something that we do normally uh, on the prevention team, uh, uh, or it's one of the elements that we talk about when we do our presentations. Uh, one of the things I do is is talk about gender socialization, and I show some clips and as um, as good examples of the gender socialization theme. So that's what we're going to do uh, with um, on today's show. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up a clip from The Office, and then. Um, uh, we'll kind of talk. We'll we'll take a minute and talk about that. So here's a here's a clip from the office. I guess if I if I need to set this up, uh, the character Michael Scott loves Christmas and he always likes to play Santa in the office during their Christmas party. Well, this year he comes in dressed as Santa, but one of the ladies in the office is already has already claimed Santa, and it really upsets him. So let's take a listen. Here's Santa! Hey, little girl, what would you like for Christmas? Ooh, you have been a very naughty girl, I see. Michael, we already have a Santa, Phyllis. What the hell is going on? Phyllis, Jim, Phyllis is Santa. Yeah. Phyllis. Yeah, I told her a long time ago she could do it. Take it back, that is absurd. No, I'm not going to do that. No, Jim, come on. I think she'll do a good job. It's insane. A woman Santa, where does it stop? Okay. So let me preface this, of course, without video. When he says, oh, you've been a naughty girl. And Tiffany, I know you've been watching The Office, or you have watched The Office, because we've been talking about that. I don't know if you know what he's referring to. In this scene, Pam is very pregnant. I mean, she's extremely pregnant. It's so obvious. So in the clip, he points to her belly. And is so saying, "Oh, you've been, been a you've girl. been a naughty girl." 
So that's one old, that's one thing right there that can be discussed. And then the whole attitude about um, how dare a woman be Santa. And of course, this is a comedy, so it's it's played very broadly and, and obviously not to be taken seriously. But I think it's, this is at least a good starting topic to talk about uh, gender roles and, and, and things like that. So uh, first of all, just to get to kind of kick things off, why is Michael so upset with Phyllis playing Santa? Well, I think if anybody has watched The Office, this is him having a temper tantrum. Um, he's mad because he didn't get his way with Santa, and that's ultimately why he's so angry. But so you can look at this from multiple different ways too. Um, he probably could use some uh, better coping skills and learning how to work through his emotions. But his way of working through not getting his way is to attack. And what he's attacking is a female Santa and saying that's absurd and that's ridiculous. Um, but it's he's just one big temper tantrum for good old Michael, one of many. Yeah, right, right. Um, and I think too, it's not so much. It, it 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 it's kind of revealed later, of course. You know, is he really upset that Phyllis is being Santa, uh, that a woman's playing the part, or is that his excuse mm -hmm. for not getting his way? Because it's his job to play Santa. Yeah. You know. Um. So, you know, so he goes, and, and of course, you know. Phyllis is Santa, really. And, of course, when you first listen to it, you think, well, he's upset because he's not Santa. Then finally he says, a woman, where does it stop? Yeah. So. Well, I think, uh, you know, from the bigger picture, it just kind of shows the underlying, like, power and control. And then the tactics men sort of use to, like, rein back in that control, right? So clearly he's lost control over being Santa, and then the tactic he deploys in order to sort of rein back in that control is attack, you know, everyone, including taking this shot at Phyllis for being the woman that's the Santa, right? right. So I think from the bigger picture, you just kind of see how it all kind of works. I think in the in working with men, you see this theme very often over the smallest things, right? Um, something has upset the balance in their world where the control has been shifted away from them, and then they deploy this whole amount of tactics and sort of to rein that back in. Right. And clearly he's doing that here. Do you think we can kind of extend this a little bit to like, well, let's say the political scene, you know, soon we're going to have a woman as vice president of this country, which has never happened before. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really trying to steer away from getting political and I'm not getting, I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at is people's attitudes over that. You know, would some people, would, did you think some people did not vote for, for Joe Biden because he had a woman running mate? Would they have voted for him if he had a male running mate? I'm just throwing this out yeah. there, you know, um, it's hypothetical. I, I guess. can see that there's a lot of just the, how can a woman do a quote-unquote a man's job? And I guess that's where you can compare these two with um, with that is it's always been a man's job. And so you hear the age-old, what happens when she's on her period? Is she going to be able to do things right and things like that? Um, so I can definitely see a little bit of the 
just there's it's just no way and i guess if you tie that back into this show it's that well santa's a man's job and how are we going to yeah. let this woman do this man's job and where does it end what then we're going to have i don't know who else you could have play santa but <laughs> right hey, what's right. next uh female vice president yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean in his world it's just so absurd that yeah. uh, that a woman could play santa which let me throw this at you let's say of course i don't think santa's going to be at a lot of malls this year because of the covid situation but let's say if things were normal and you had a child and you went to the mall and this was going to be your baby's first picture with santa you get there and it's a woman playing santa would that upset you I don't know how you notice one way or another between all the costumes and the beards, but well, I think I mean I think sometimes you would be you, you would be able to tell yeah. maybe. Uh, I I personally wouldn't. It I'm kind of oblivious. I probably wouldn't notice. But say I did notice, it's it's somebody in a costume. That person isn't really Santa anyway, whether it be a female or. A it's male one of or, Santa's helpers. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not the right. quote unquote real Santa. So. Um, I don't. I guess what if there was a completely female Santa, maybe like with the Mrs. Claus being Santa Claus, and that where it was very clearly a woman. Right. Personally, it it wouldn't be a big deal, but I know that that's that's the tradition, and it's the this is how it's always been, and so moving into something different that would be difficult. Right. Transition because, you know, we like yeah. consistency. We um, we uh, go towards things that are familiar and that are the same to us. And change isn't very well accepted in a lot of times. So that would be something that would be met with, I'm sure, a lot of animosity. Because it's like, no, that's not how it goes. Yeah. Santa is a guy. We only have guys play Santa and that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Will, you're a parent. Would that... How... What... In, in in reality, how would that, what would be your yeah, I mean, uh, reaction think, to that? Uh, you know, how do you answer that if your kid was to ask you, you know, why can't Santa be a woman, right? Um, and I think it's just kind of like uh, some of the stuff we've heard at some trainings, like why can't you eat hot dogs for breakfast, right? Like why, <laughs> why do people not think that you can eat hot dogs for breakfast? I mean, why can't Santa be a woman, right? So it's just kind of this thing that I think Tiffany's speaking to is just sort of, been this way and you know sure a woman could be santa but people don't like that break from tradition you know change is always hard for people and then you've got this like all-time portrayal where you know santa's the man and then there's miss claus which i didn't even thought about that but but it just depicts that you know it must it must be that way this is the role for the man this is the role for the woman and then of course you know um i think that uh a couple of things i read before we came in here to talk about this was this the way that you know how these sort of gender socialization things are always framed in this kind of comedic way right which again we just sort of would say well that's comedy it's it's not a big deal but it is just sort of signaling to us that you know the man must be santa here and when he's not he's very upset about that right right? so well and i think it's different in that scenario it's an office party so if I saw if I came in to if we had an office party here and Tiffany was dressed as Santa, I would I would think it was funny, it was fun, it would be great, right? 
But I'll be honest with you guys. If I went and I brought my child to the mall to see Santa and it was a woman, I'll be very honest. I don't know how easily I would digest that because, yes, Santa is a fictional character, but the fictional character of Santa is a man. Mm -hmm. And if I'm trying to introduce my child to Santa and it's a woman, and even if they take notice to me, that would be different. But that's a different scenario, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Now, for Michael Scott, it didn't matter if it was just an office party or what. And I think a lot of that was he what I think a lot of it was just his uh, juvenile attitude about I don't get to play Santa. And I think yeah. he was just probably grasping for an excuse. Uh, of course, I like the very end, you know, where does where does it stop? You know, now he says, where does it stop? So some people are probably upset about this uh, in the, about this, and would be open, it'd be opening to other situations. And of course, I think we've already kind of discussed that. You know, we're, we're about to have a woman vice president. Texas, being the conservative red state as it is, has had uh, woman governors in the past, and nobody's had a, an issue with with that but i think uh some people with with roles and positions that have traditionally been held by men even though a woman is very capable of that same role just because she's a woman unfortunately there are people here that will take issue with that just because it's a woman yeah, I think that um, clearly someone could define the comment as a whole as sexist. And then I think it's so hard to define that sometimes. But the way that we do that through our work is we just look at two things. Is is there prejudice against the gender? And clearly there is here because um, Phyllis cannot be Santa. And then you combine that with who is receiving the most privilege overall at the time, which would be men. And yeah. and the and the gender prejudice plus the power, which is male, equals sexism, right? So yeah. I think that you clearly see that that's at play here. Um, there's some gender prejudice that women cannot be Santa, plus men are in in control anyway. So right. then we're going to get this sexist attitude about about the whole situation, sure. right? Yeah, and that's the the thing I was going to. I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. You know, obviously with. With the risk factors, when we talk about gender socialization, it's the male entitlement. You know, Michael feels like he's entitled to be Santa because he's a man, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, at the, and just as a side note, at the very beginning of that clip where he says, oh, you've been a bad girl, you can't tell it in the clip, but in the, the actual show, that he's talking to the character of Pam, who's very extremely pregnant in that episode. So he's pointing to her belly while saying, ooh, you've been a naughty girl. And again, that's a whole other realm to dive into of office inappropriateness there, you know. But um, if you like it or not, and this is another topic for discussion maybe at some point, of a lot of these TV shows using privilege and these attitudes as a springboard for humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's one reason, and I'm guilty of it. You know, I show clips like this in my presentations. What well, just to, and not saying that these shows are endorsing this type of behavior, but it's just a good illustration of these inappropriate behaviors. And sometimes maybe it does kind of take the edge off the uncomfortableness 
of the topic if you show a clip from a from a comedy which brings us to our next clip which is kind of the same uh the same thing this is a clip from four christmases and i'll be very upfront and transparent i have not watched this movie yet although i told tiffany i was going to watch it over thanksgiving break and i didn't do it utter fail (laughs) utter (laughs) fail uh, but watching this clip and some of the others does make me want to see it. So in this clip, it's a family. It's a it's a man and his sons, mm-hmm. I believe. They're up on a roof trying to install a satellite dish, and they're together for a Christmas a gathering. And it's uh, his grandson's going to come down and shout up to him about wanting to play with them. And I think that's probably enough setup. We'll we'll take it from we'll take it from there. Hey, Grandpa! Hey! Come play war with me! Uh, Maybe later. Grandpa's busy. Grandma's boyfriend plays with me whenever I want. Your grandmother's boyfriend is a first-class ass-sniffer, and you can tell him that I said so. Connor, Connor, go get us some beers, man. Boy, Dad, sounds like you and Mom really turned a corner there. Look, I I don't want to speak ill of your mother on Christmas, but... She's nothing but a common street whore. Okay, that's great. A nice restraint there. What would you call her? What do you call a woman who throws away her career, abandons her kids, and, and runs off with another man? What are you talking about? What do you call her? Okay. That she was a cashier. That's not really a career. That would fall in the category of a job. And she left you because you wouldn't talk to her. You stopped spending time with her. You completely shut her out of your life. I fed her. I put a roof over her head, and I never lied to her face. I spoiled her, is what I did. And let that be a lesson to you kids about being honest with your wives. You can't spell families without lies. Am I right? <laughs> Amen, right. Dad. Yeah. That's right, Dad. <laughs> um, so there's there's several things to analyze, I guess, in 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 that clip, and it kind of goes back to the same thing we've been talking about: is male entitlement, uh, unhealthy attitudes towards towards relationships in general. Um, uh, and things like that. So obviously, and, and the grandpa is, is Robert Duvall. So he's obviously upset about uh, his ex-wife uh, dating again. And I have not seen the movie, but I'm just going to assume that he may not know this guy really that well. It's actually... Uh, Does he? The, his ex-wife's new boyfriend is uh, Vince Vaughn. He's this main character. That's his best friend. <laughs> nice. Okay. Just a little piece of there. <laughs> so, you know, right off the bat, you know, he has nothing but derogatory things to salty language, I guess, to say about uh, the ex-wife's uh, new boyfriend. And, it, you know, does he know him? You know, is he just automatically just so bitter he's going to be talking uh uh, negatively about these things, you know, and then calling his wife a common street whore just for having just a boyfriend. Just because he's, and he's he mad that yeah, she right. um, walked away. And Well, and I think that kind of, kind of goes, obviously, their divorce, His one of his sons is there with him because, you know, he's kind of, well, Dad, looks like you and Mom really uh, turned a corner there. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's just sort of kind of rife with the masculinity from the beginning. I mean, the kid wants to play war. You know, we talk about that with, like, boys and girls growing up. You know, immediately the boy's like, come play war with me. And how old does this kid sound? You know, maybe he's 10. And then, of course, you know, it's like he's working on a car, sounds like. And then it's when there's, like, a a conflict, he's like, go get us some beers. You know, it's real just, like, manly through and through. And I think the one thing that sticks out to me, though, is that um, it's sort of at the end there is we talk about so much with men, their beliefs about women impact the way they react right and i think one thing we see across the board is that men just have this idea that women are mischievous they're going to cheat they would uh throw away a career and their kids and leave it for just being mischievous with another man which in domestic violence where we work we could pick out a lot of women who leave children in a career but it's not just to go sleep with another man right it's to escape like a bad situation or something but sort of through this it frames it that that all women possess these sort of um attributes about them and that's where men i think get their ideas about women just in general that you know they'll cheat they'll leave their kids they're you know they're just not good people they have the tendencies to be that way so i think this just kind of frames that some have and I don't know Tiffany you so much and, and by all means you can you can answer this but with Will working with men in the BIP program do you see attitudes like this that that was reflected in this in this clip yeah I mean I think when we ask men to reflect on just their beliefs which we actually spend a week with them in the curriculum to to reflect on this their general beliefs about women period these things are always coming up yeah. i mean it's just a repeat theme that women just want money um they just want to sleep with other men they want they want to sort of trick you in one way or another and then of course as you can see in this his way of handling that is saying um well you know I never lied to her. I kept her fed and put a roof over her head. She should consider herself lucky, right? Like that's all he has to do to make a relationship work. And I think so often that men believe that's all they have to do. And uh, of course, when they're demanded more out of them, they don't like that, right? See, and that's something that I was, uh, that I took away a lot was the, the acts of, fed her put a roof over her head and the the third one that he said um i mean it's like those are the simplest basic things and they're important don't get me wrong right the basic ways of living we need Mm -hmm. shelter and food and things like that um but that's not enough to sustain a relationship clearly right and his attitude is well why would she want to leave me i Gave her a place to live. Exactly. You know? And coming across those barriers of, you know, there's emotions that are here and uh, communication that needs to happen and things like that, which are not often taught in men how to communicate health in a healthy manner, um, how to show emotion, how to talk about feelings and things like that. And so at the point where she left at some point because her needs weren't being fulfilled. Well, and his son was telling him, Dad, this is why she left you. You know, you shut her out. You weren't giving her any attention, you know. And in his mind, his dad's mind, well, I gave her a roof. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what else? What else would she need? Right. I think it's a huge reality that that this is the way that that men think, and and then of course when we look at this, we would automatically forgive that man, right? We would say, look at these things he did. Look at the crazy person she is. He's so justified in doing those things that he gets kind of the pass, right? And I think that's what happens just across society in general is that, well, he went to work, he paid the bills, um, and, you know, when she got tired of it just being that type of relationship, she went out and found someone else now he's totally justified in all the things that he did right and i think that's how we sort of gloss over the questions about men and their role in domestic violence and gender socialization and all of those things we speak about right let me ask y'all this these movie and out again transparency here i thought that scene was was very funny i when i first saw it i laughed out loud working in prevention as we do, should we feel kind of guilty about finding humor in something like this? It, it's rough because, you know, that kind of humor is everywhere. And I think working in what we do, I'm sure there's some things that we were able to watch on TV prior to our jobs at the agency. Yeah. And now, we're, I mean, I can't watch Law & Order SVU anymore. It just doesn't happen. Um, which it, that's not humorous at all, but but still, I, I, I get I get where you're coming from. Change right. where um, sure. we just come to where we don't watch different things, but we're human. We like humor, and I think that personally, I'm way more aware of these shows, and I'm way more aware of things. And things to me right. aren't as funny anymore. I'm the Debbie Downer of my family now. Whenever we get together and we watch things, and they're like, "That was so funny," and I'm like, "Why was that funny?" And they're like, "Oh my god, you just don't have a sense of humor." And I'm like, "Ah, I have a sense of humor. I just don't like that humor." Yeah, right. 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 But you know, we still laugh at things, and I think that it's good to be able to acknowledge where, yeah, this was funny, but where does this give these ideals that really aren't healthy for um, people to think are normal? Yeah. And being able to have those kind of conversations. Um, they're not wanted conversations, for sure. Um, my family hates having those conversations with me, but they're important, and it's important to be able to recognize And I mean, there's stuff that I laugh at that I'm like, oh, I really shouldn't have laughed at that. Um, that really wasn't that funny. And I catch myself doing that. Um, but we're human. And also, even with as much many trainings as we've gone to, as many presentations um, that we go to, we're still a part of this society where this stuff is funny. Yeah. And it's hard to completely switch from um, this mode of, I should, like, all this stuff is funny, and no, none of this stuff should be funny to me, and I shouldn't laugh at it in any way because, you know, there's there's just still, we live in this society where this stuff is yeah. funny, and we're battling that every day with, okay, well, that wasn't really okay, and but it's everywhere. That's the type of humor that's out there, and when you start to cut out that kind of humor, um, you're cutting out television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Was you going to... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the perfect take on that. I mean, this is just so pervasive. So, 
you know, you should know the difference. You should spend some time with yourself to know the difference between what's real and what is the comedy. And then, of course, when you have the opportunities to speak about it, you should take those. Yeah. Well, what I've caught myself doing, like I've gone, I've gotten on the kick of uh, taking a break from watching The Office for the twelfth time, <laughs> probably in a row, and I've been starting to watch Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, which is a, an, even an older show than than The Office, but it, and not just Raymond, but late because that's really what I've been watching a lot of lately, and a lot of shows. What I start doing is pointing out, hey, I can use this clip. <laughs> in one of my presentations to illustrate, you know, hypermasculinity or to illustrate objectification or, um, uh, you know, unhe- uh, unhealthy attitudes about sex or... Um, I'm not going to lie. This job, sometimes it has so many perks, it really puts a damper on television. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Do. Yeah, You'll stop in the middle. I did that with an episode of Monk once. I was like, oh my gosh, that's... Um, Oh, I forgot the word for it. But anyways, I wrote down, like, I stopped the whole episode and was like, I need to show this at work. Like, this is a clip. Yeah. Because you're like, work mode. Right, right. But I know I have, I thought, hey, I got to remember that. I might start changing up some of my clips and I might start, I need to find that one, you know. Uh, so I catch myself doing that. But then I do, I sometimes it's kind of like we said, man, should I be laughing at this? You know, because, and I did, but that, that scene from Four Christmas is I literally laughed out loud in my office when I first saw that because I thought, that is funny. I want to go see that movie. Yeah. You know. And then I think, okay, what if this was real life? What if I was with real friends and that exact same conversation happened? It probably wouldn't be funny then. But just, I think if you know a little bit of the backstory and know, okay, well, that's Robert Duvall and... Uh, that's uh, Tim McGraw and that's uh, Vince Vaughn up there on the roof with them and you know it's a movie and it's played for laughs. I guess it kind of gives you um, permission. Yeah, where you, you're like, oh, well, this is supposed to be funny. I'm here to watch it. Yeah, you, you okay know it's supposed laugh. to be funny, right. But, if, okay, if I'm up there with my dad and one of my brothers and someone else and that exact same conversation took place, I think I would probably be maybe a little more alarmed yeah. That my dad had that attitude towards my mother, possibly. Oh, most definitely. Those you know. Are... Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, do, do we w- want to wrap this up? Does anybody have any closing thoughts that they want to share? Or are we good? Okay. Um, I think that this was a really great another conversation, and you know, it's important to know that we're not sitting, we're not here just to bash all these movies and to just say, you know, anything like that, because we can be kind of Debbie Downage with stuff. But what we want people to start doing is just kind of think a little bit. And whenever you're watching things, just take a little bit more time to notice and be like, oh, wow, there really is a lot of unhealthy relationships and stuff that we just see day to day. And as we're watching it, it becomes normalized to us. And that can transfer into our personal lives to where we see this, um, these actions and reactions and words that are being said and they do become normalized so whenever we're giving that to our children i say i don't have a child but whenever younger children are watching this you know they're growing up seeing that and they're seeing that as normal and it's okay Mm -hmm. and so it's just being more wary and just trying to be hyper vigilant on what's out there because we don't want this these unhealthy um, views on different groups of people 
to start setting in so sure. young and things like that and just to become yeah. that normalized. Right. And that's one thing I want to do in, in some of our future podcast episodes is uh, do more stuff with the media, you know, maybe because we were talking about this at the beginning, maybe just taking one movie and just really watching it all and dissecting it. And of course, with the holiday, Thanksgiving and all that, we just never really had a chance to do that. But in the future, I want to look at maybe some more mainstream movies or look at uh, not holiday music, but just music, today's music in general and and some of the messages um, behind it. Mm-hmm you know, and, and things like that. Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, if you have any questions or if you'd like to add to the conversation or if you have any suggestions on things that we can cover on the podcast, you can email us at conversationsandconnections at fccet.com. Also, as always, I do want to remind you of our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week hotline. If you feel like you need our services or you're in a situation where you need help, you can give us a call at 1-800-828-7233. That's 1-800-828-7233. Remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.